Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badassery Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Society 13 Networks. And now your host, David Fairhead. This is Carrie Means, the voice of Frylock, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Hmm. Thank you, Mr. Frylock, for that intro. That was a great episode when we had Frylock on, wasn't it? Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. And uh, this may or may not be the last show of the season since the holidays are upon us. In the background, you hear HB3, my friend Hugh Bonar, who will be on the show possibly later this year or early next year. Great musician from the band Nature in the 90s, if any of you remember. We'll be playing some of that stuff. It's great. Look up Nature on YouTube. Fun, fun band. Uh, Let's see. We are going to be live at... (laughs) The Dark Tower Castle in Blonox. So, yes, uh, once again, off-premises, it's a little blurry out there. The sound isn't the best in the first half, but really picks up in the second half because we changed position. But um, it was a little crowded, and it's the Sci-Fi Bitch Fest live. And uh, what can I tell you? Uh, We go from uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, all the way to what we talk about, um, uh, superheroes a little bit, uh, comic books a lot of bit, The Dark Tower a little bit. Um, and, of course, The Orville, uh, that latest show with McFarlane. Uh, McFarlane. Um, so sit back, relax, and, uh, of course, uh, you'll be hearing a Yard Panther at the end of the show. And uh, so welcome to Sci-Fi Pitch Fest 3 with uh, Dr. Matt and Mr. Fa and myself, Dave. All right. Once again, sorry about the sound in the beginning, but the second half is a lot more clear. All right. There's not much we could do about that. It was a hollowed-out foyer of a castle. <laughs> All right, take care. Testing right now. Testing. Say some Hi, how are you? Sybilis. Sybilis. One, two, one, three, one, four, one, seven. Not too bad. Not too bad. Sybilis. Sybilis. Are we ready to roll? <laughs> Kettle Whistle Radio, live at the Sci-Fi Bitch Fest. Try finding that one, folks. We're here with Dr. Matt and Mr. Fa. Once again... So what do we want to talk about today? I thought we could... Uh... This is our third installment of this uh, Sci-Fi Bitch Fest, by the way. But we're actually at the festival, folks. Hear that echo? I thought we could talk about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. I think Matt had some ideas about what's going on with that thing. I want to hear ideas. I'm just really mad. Mad? Yeah. No, he's mad, but he's mad. They released all the toys already for the fucking movie. What? Am I allowed to say fuck? I'm sorry. Yeah, of course you are. Fuck, because I missed it. Yes. Half the toys are already out. I don't even know who these characters are. How stupid is that? Who's that white furry one? They've always done that, guys. Since I was a kid, they would release the Star Wars figures like three months before the movie came out. And you had to wonder what these guys were going to be and what they... That was the fun of it, but I did not see these toys. No, that's bullshit. Ah, I call it <laughs> Did they do that with the Ewoks? They absolutely no. They were the last ones to come out. 
As a matter of fact, Jedi, Squid Face was the first figure they put out. And we're like, what is this guy going to do? Nothing. <laughs> he did nothing in the movie. I'm thinking nothing. that's what these two characters are. They had the Praetorian Guard, which looks like this badass Emperor's Guard. As in He's all red. Plateau or Plateurian? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is it's called the Praetorian Guard, and then there's the white fuzzy guy that's yeah. like this little creature that must live on oh, the planet where yes. Luke and Rey are training. So is the guy who is wearing red, is he like the same guy from Battlefront who's wearing red, who's a, uh, a guard for... No. No, different. 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 Praetorian guard, right. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I was going for clap too as in Praetorian. It's not... <laughs> that means something completely different. But <laughs> yeah, so plutoring with a P P R A, bra. All so, right. So what about the Ready Player One movie? Is anybody ready for that thing? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for it. I hope it's good. Okay, Wait, explain. I've been severely disappointed. No offense to anybody who's listening, but the Alien Covenant sucked. Dark Tower sucked. Wasn't that bad? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, I, I didn't go see it. And thank God I got to watch Logan finally. Logan, Logan, if it didn't turn out okay and it turned out better than okay, I was giving up. I was just done. I was like, movies these days suck. But Logan was really good. So how did you feel about Logan being uh, rated R and having a lower budget so they had less characters? It, it was perfect. Okay. It was absolutely perfect. I, I like Logan. I think they did a great job. I think they ended two, two storylines very well. I think that they did an amazing job introducing the new character, but like really it was a saving grace for anybody who's interested in any sort of Marvel, DC, any sci-fi universe. Like they, they saved they saved my brain. Yeah. Okay, so how do you feel about the um, Justice League? Because I'm kind of really not caring so much. I'm I'm excited. I I, okay. I love Batman, I love Superman, I love Wonder Woman. So I'm really excited about it, and I and I don't care what anybody says. Aquaman has always been my favorite. He will always be my favorite. And I underdog. I am so excited to see Jason Momoa play it. Okay, I like the, the Flash is in it. That I, yeah. Well, he's a good guy. I mean, he's he's good. Yeah. yeah. We love him. So you have hopes for this one? Okay, that's cool. If I it's anything like Wonder Woman, yes. I didn't see Wonder Woman. Okay. Yet. Well, so I need to. Oh. Yes. So, so Wonder Woman's good. good. See, I'm getting I'm getting shamed today, folks. That's the whole idea right now. Yeah. Sci-fi bitch fest. Things I've missed, and I love sci-fi. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman was probably the DC Universe's best origin story, dare I say? For DC? Yeah. For DC, yeah. For DC. DC's best origin story. So if you haven't seen it, shame on you. It's a lot more right. fun than, uh, what did they call Superman? Oh. That was really slow and yeah. sad and, you know... <laughs> You know, Kevin Costner said, don't help me, so. <laughs> but yeah, Justice League looks great. I'm excited. I'm really, really psyched to see Jason Momoa play Aquaman because, oh. true to the comic line, he is a badass. He is a badass. He is a, right? Yeah, he is, Aquaman. A, he is a badass, and he doesn't ride a pink seahorse. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Yeah, he's Game of Thrones right there, man. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. All right, so so what about the Orville? Did anybody watch that? I freaking this is the show I was waiting for. Yeah. I don't like that he doesn't give big ups to Gene Roddenberry at all, like at all. Meanwhile, that's what he's doing. But this is the sci-fi comedy I was waiting for. 
So I saw the first episode and uh, I watched all four. I was slightly disappointed. You're gonna have to explain the the other three episodes to me. I felt like the uh, first episode was basically a trailer. You know, I saw the trailer. I basically saw the episode. The lady pounds the door, it falls over. What what happens? He runs through the other alien. He's like, my bad. I split you in half. It's Futurama with humans. Okay. <laughs> it's like like a, you know a, a real reality based Futurama, really. Um, but I really but it's Star Trek. It's Star Trek. But I love the fact that they got Scott Grimes in there from Critters, folks. Critters. Scott Grimes is a great helmsman. I love him. Um, it's it's kind of well put. You're together. talking about Chad McMahon from Who's the Boss, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe is that? Yeah, Scott Grimes. Okay. But I'm having fun with it. I don't expect much at all. But I like that it's dangerous comedy. I like that they don't care who they kill when they do it. And it, it seems like they're going in a cool direction. But I think a lot of people hate it. Oh, really? They hate it. Oh. Yeah, because he's not, he's not giving kudos to Gene Rottenberry. Okay. And that a lot of people have a problem with that, which I understand. They need a little tip the hat. Yeah, a little tip the hat, a little bit. Even though like the, the, the storylines are running along the lines of, Everything you've seen before with a twist. Okay. So I kind of I dig that. I mean, he's not Seth MacFarlane's not a stupid guy, and he's a great. I love the fact that him and his divorced wife are in charge of the ship. That's a hilarious dynamic that right. you can do a lot with, so, and they already did. With. So I think the second episode, they're kidnapped. They end up in a zoo. How how does that play out? Wait, the zoo. Eh, eh. Get Not past so that much. one. Eh, get past that one. Okay. It's fun, but yeah, it's more like you're starting to get to know the characters. Yeah, the zoo thing, it's a planet. The planet zoo, is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, you know what's happening there. It, okay. I don't want to give spoilers out. Eh, why not? All right, it's a planet. They don't know that they're on a planet being owned by, um, regulated by these beings far above and playing God and all that fun stuff. They have to introduce the idea of God to them. But that's not what's funny. Like it's about being funny. Okay. Yeah, and I can see that there's violence brewing, and I like that. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's like the original series, Star Trek. Yes. The idea, you know what? You're never going to take away that origin, Star Trek. You know, going out there and the quest to find other planets, and that's what they're doing. It, yeah, but now they have this funny arc. Right, well, it's Seth MacFarlane, so it's got to be yes. funny. Is yes. that just me, or does he always sound like Brian the dog? And he looks like a better-looking Peter uh, Brady. <laughs> yeah. He does look like Peter Brady. Just saying, I've always thought that. Always that's, thought that. That's for sure. Doesn't make me a bad guy. <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys familiar with uh, Andy Weir? He wrote The Martian. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I you think we talked about it last time. I saw that. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, that was good. He's got a new book coming out. It's called Artemis, and uh, basically in this book, it's going to be about the first human settlement on the moon, and uh, hijinks may ensue. Being that the guy, the main character, I believe his name is Jazz, is a outlaw. Firefly esque. Firefly maybe has, but it's it's Andy Weir. So is it going to be rooted in a lot of science about living on the moon, or do you think it may be something different for his sophomore venture into uh in the book? Did they already buy the movie rights? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I miss Firefly. I have the leaf on the wind for Firefly. Segue to Con Man. Not too bad. I was I was I was I was enjoying Con Man. Not that, not that 
get rid of the, the whole second sophomore attempt with Andy Weir, but Carmen with Alan Tudyk was good. I thought it was good. Um, it's free on Sci-Fi On Demand right now, so it's worth watching. Alan Tudyk. Yeah, it's always worth. I don't care. He's, yeah. he's I mean, just good. What was the pirate? What was that? And, uh, Dodgeball. Yeah, Dodgeball. Yeah. 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 What was it? Yeah, Sam. I loved him in, in Night's Tale. Like he was phenomenal. <laughs> but you know, I've never seen that. People keep telling me I need to see that. You should. Okay. You should. For him and for Heath Ledger, you should. How do you feel about him in Rogue One? Yeah. You don't really see him. You don't. But he's, he's there. there. He's there. But Rogue, Rogue One is a is a great story. But I miss the. Uh, the, what, do, what do we call the opening sequence? The placard, yeah. the crawl, the scroll, the scroll, the scroll, yeah. scroll, 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 scroll. Um, I yeah. missed it. I really did. I missed it. They, I it. Yeah, they got too cool for the room. But um, <laughs> honestly, I love that movie. Now, I, I've talked to millennials, yeah, you're out there, who say that was cheesy. That's cheesy? That's cheesy to you? Do they, do they not see The Phantom Menace? Like, have you not seen any movie before that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's nothing cheesy about Rogue One. No. For my money, Rogue One was the best. It was next to the original. Film. And that's what I've heard from people, you know, in their 40s and 35 is opposites. But um, yeah, millennials are like, oh, that's cheesy. What's cheesy about that? <laughs> I, I have to tear that apart. Like, I cannot understand what it's not a happy ending. Right. Uh, wait, yeah. Yeah. It's real life. <laughs> like seriously, like, and it's it's a story before the story you know, mm-hmm. and they did such a good fucking job on it that I cannot. When somebody said cheesy to me, I just like I walk away. Well, I definitely understand why the exhaust port exists now. Yeah, yeah, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I guess so I, awesome. I was literally brought to tears when Vader walked into the into that hallway and started killing people. I was so excited to see Vader. I just lost it. Like that in the theater, started started crying. I'll I, admit it. Been there probably three times. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, how do you feel about Leia showing up in the end? I was, I was, you know, now that Fisher's gone, I love that they did that. They yeah. didn't know then when they did it. No, they didn't. They didn't know. People are gonna think, oh, well, they just did that because she's dead. No, they didn't know. Right. That was before, folks. Yeah. When you listen to this, it could be a year from now. I think it's good. I, I I don't think it takes away from her character at all. No, not at all. It strengthens it. It was a perfect. It was a perfect segue to episode four. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys agreed. Okay. In fact, when we went to see the movie, I know I came home and I watched episode four. Yeah, like hey, that night. This yeah. is where this movie just ended. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, we're just right back in it. Perfect. I mean, just perfect. Perfect. Um, so now you didn't like Alien Covenant. Oh. This is Doctor Matt. No. Um, I kind of dug it. Prometheus was good. Yeah. It was great. So it's good. So what Covenant is this? was basically Hollywood's version of remaking the Alien story. Lots of action, lots of needless violence, and no good storyline. You didn't like the scary. Part? It wasn't scary. It wasn't <laughs> scary at all. Everybody knew it was stupid. No offense. <laughs> like here's an exoplanet we're gonna land on and not even care what we're breathing. There's no like at least in the Martian no precautions. The they they actually took some scientific precautions. Like I know Flaw and I hate this when they actually do a science movie and they don't actually have any real science in it. Like at least be true to normal science that we're used to in the twenty first century. This is supposed to be, you know, way, way in the future and they're not even acting like they have the sensibilities to say, Hey look Let's not breathe in this dust that's coming off this random plant that we don't know what it is. Like, come on. Right. So if you if you have read any uh, uh, 
John Scalding books where it's the old man's war where they visit exoplanets and they do different things. Uh, you know, that is uh, very prevalent in his writing where they take precautions, they understand that there's different biospheres, biochemistry, different organisms, different ways of life that they cannot comprehend. That we will not mix with and it will kill us. Right. And they just didn't even think about that. They were like, hey, new planet, whatever. Yeah. Well, that brings me, big time, brings me to my next question. Um, the whole Alien 3, where they're explaining that from the uh, canon of Alien, and now they're redoing it, where, and Michael Van Veen is actually showing up uh, after Aliens, the, the ship where uh, Newt is dead, and you got, what, half of <laughs> Bishop? That's the um, one on the prison planet. Yeah, right? well, they, uh, apparently they're getting rid of the Alien 3 from the canon. They're going to start from Aliens on. Do you know anything about this? I've heard things. I've, I've heard that that's what they're doing. That's all I've heard. How do you feel about that? Like, getting rid of Alien 3? Yeah, I just feel like Alien 3, 3 is an underrated movie. It has, I enjoyed the damn thing. It has a lot of uh, world building in it that the other movies did not. So you get a lot of uh, depth in the story. Um, you know, reviving Ripley as a clone for the, how many times? 500th time in, in the... <laughs> In the biosphere of that prison, is kind of you oh, know wonky. Number three, that was still her. Yeah, she was alone in four. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, it comes out of her, and they go down together in the in the, in the, in the fire. Of yes, the I, I guess I have this uh, resurrection is where that yeah, yeah went the down. one with one other rider, which I also enjoyed because what's his face? Perlman. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Love Perlman. Love the Perlman. Well, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. <laughs> All right, so you guys apparently are really big into the comic books. Uh, how do you feel about the comic books on TV right now? I, I love the Marvel series. I'm having trouble with DC, although Gotham, I think, rocks. Gotham rocks. I agree. Is Flash that good? Because people keep telling me I need to watch Flash. <laughs> Paul's wearing a Flash t-shirt. He's wearing it right now. The, the Flash is awesome. Um, I, I saw the, the, and it's a YouTube thing, but it's the Honest Trailers for the Flash, and uh, they're famous for roasting everything. And uh, real quickly, they're talking about the Flash, and the guy is like, oh my god, I'm a Flash fan. Uh, should I really be liking the Flash? And it's funny, because there are some producers on that show that were the same as Dawson's Creek. And it is a WB show, or a CW show, so there is that yeah. young teen aspect of it. but. Uh, Flash as a character is so campy and fun and People quirky. Love it. They love it. It's Spider-Man, basically. You know, when you think about what you love about Spider-Man, you like that he has this quippy attitude. He'll make fun of you as he uh, is is uh, kicking your bum. So <laughs> that's uh, that's what the Flash is too, and it's full of puns. You know, like hey, gotta run, or uh, you know, see you later. That's Ezra Miller, right? Well, no, that's the guy who's gonna play him in lead. The, the movie. Oh, so the guy from the show is not. No, it's not. I don't know that I like that so much, but okay, I'll let that go. Uh, you know, you're paying hundreds of millions of dollars on the actors. So yeah. speaking of which, we're gonna pay the bills right now, folks. Thanks for listening to Sci-Fi Bitch Fest Three. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that's well here in the dark. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker. 
with Dwelling in the Dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> And we're back. Do you know what that means? If you do, then you're a nerd too. As always, the best conversations happen off the air. We're talking collections of, well, tattoos. No, swords, man. Swords, tattoos. Yeah, swords, tattoos. But the best part is that one person in the room here is getting a tattoo for the right reasons. Very original, and I, I, I love the fact that you're doing that because it means something to you, as opposed to just like, you know, like, I want a Superman tattoo, and I've never seen a movie, never read a comic book. You know, I'm t- I hate that shit. Like, this shit, what you're doing... I've, you're been, doing, I've been designing this tattoo for, for over a year now. I would say a lifetime. Well, yeah, that too, but... You're not jumping in and doing no. it. It means something to and you. And I'll probably now. tweak it 10,000 more times before I actually do it. Yeah, it's not a tramp stamp, in other words. Right. It, it means something to folks. Right. But, um, yeah, so we, we were, what were we were talking about? Uh, Fa, you had a point. We were, we were going to get into American Horror Story and... Oh, cult. And uh, Channel Zero... The um, my my biggest beef with stuff on TV these days is the fact that if you watch something like Channel Zero, awesome writing, great acting, original mind bending mind job horror, and then you turn on American Horror Story and you're disgusted that it's that low brow, gory horror. No offense to American Horror Story, you guys are obviously doing well enough to win Emmys, but. Channel Zero blows you out of the water. Sorry. Interesting. And I, I know nothing about this. Yeah, what network is Channel Zero on? Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi. Yeah, so Channel Zero, this is their second season. Channel Zero, the first one, um, revolved around a bunch of kids. Kind of like Stranger Things. You've seen Stranger Things? Love it. Right, so you'd love Channel Zero. So Stranger Things, Channel Zero, very, very good writing. Reminiscent of Twin Peaks, X-Files, the good stuff back from the 80s. Like Lynch type stuff? Or? Just... Just executed perfectly with great writing, great, you know, um, psychological twists. But this new season of Channel Zero, we got, again, a group of people that were following. And there's this reported house that travels around the world. It's called the No End House. That's the name of the season. It's a horror house that you have to make it through the six rooms. But by the time you make it to the sixth room, you've either lost your mind or you never get out of the house. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. the series. Sold. Yeah. Sold. 
So yeah, definitely, definitely worth watching because I literally we always record stuff. We never watch stuff live. Right. And right. We'll watch Channel Zero, then we'll flip over to catch the next episode. Wait, wait, wait. your your lady watches this? Absolutely. Okay, that's good. Guys, it's something that your lady might get into. Very important. Very important. Very important. Find the right lady. But <laughs> the um, yeah, then you flip over to, to cult, and it's just like ah, oh, let yeah. down, let down, let down, I, let down. I suffered through a few episodes of cults, uh, American Horror Story. I I don't know. I kind of dig it because I I liked the actors, but the storyline is getting kind of dry. They they throw you with gore, they throw you with violence, and they mm. expect you to be. Terrified and you're put to sleep. Really not terrified. No. In my opinion, the, the gore and the violence isn't even really there. It's just Sarah Paulson crying. All the time. <laughs> and crying and crying. Flashback to Firefly. <laughs> Had to bring that up. Ooh. She was in that video when they actually landed on Miranda and they found the home or the original birthplace of the Reavers. She was the video that they found of the person who got killed by the Reavers, and she did her whole screaming and crying act, oh which is hilarious, because on Mean Tweets, she does the whole thing, like somebody rips on her for that, and that's what she does. That's what she's known for, is her crying and screaming. Oh, that's she's hilarious. great at it. She's a great actress. Don't get me wrong. I love Sarah Paulson, but yeah, that's what you're known for. I that, was, that was Serenity, the movie. Serenity, not, yeah, not, not Firefly. Firefly, the TV show. Fantastic film. Great ending to a series that shouldn't have ended. But yeah, no, I didn't put that together. Yeah, I had to, I had to bring that up when he brought up the crying thing. I was like, yeah, do you remember she was in Serenity? <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out where What's-Her-Face was from. The uh, oh, Sarah Paulson's uh, wife in American Cult, Horror yeah. Story. She was in Goon, Goon 1 and 2. Just saw Goon 2 last night. Highly recommend it. I know this is a sci-fi show right now. But Goon 2, I laugh my ass off. And there's so much real hockey stuff happening there. If you're a hockey fan, watch Goon 2. Of course, Goon 1 is... Uh, well, Matt, come on. Yeah, that's with... What's his name, right? Um, Sean Williams. Yeah. 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 Doug Glatt. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend it. Uh, Alright, so you guys read a lot. I, unfortunately, write a lot, so I won't read as much as I should. What are you guys reading? I'm doing the Dark Tower series for the second time, just finishing up book three. Um, trying to convince my family members to get into it, which they are. Um, I think we got so many different books on our wish list, though. But you're in, you're into falls into something really interesting now. Oh, right. Turn so, the page. So I'm reading this book. Uh, it's called We Are Legion. We Are Bob. Uh, Bob is a uh, Silicon Valley executive or or uh, engineer who uh, hit it big and uh, uh, decides he's going to have himself uh, cryogenically frozen if he passes away. Uh, it's a book, so unfortunately he does pass away. <laughs> um, and then he wakes up and uh, life is not quite as he expected it. He was not healed. He did not receive a new body. He, uh, he, uh, Walt Disney's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it may be. Uh, to come back as the mouse. He, he definitely came back as a, as a something, but it's more of an artificial intelligence. Uh, he finds out that the world is in peril, and they uh, uh, launch him into space is what they call, I believe it's called a, a Vesema probe. And it's a, it's a probe that can self-replicate. And uh, as he searches the stars for places for humanity to expand... Uh, hijinks ensue 
and uh, he replicates himself, and the, uh, the the book is actually called We Are Legion, We Are Bob. <laughs> and it spells uh, his name backwards, by the way, folks. He, he does, and it's uh, by by Dennis E. Taylor, and uh, uh, as it is uh, sci-fi, it is also humorous at the same time, and, and, and I find it quite enjoyable. And the, uh, the thought process is... Uh, as while he is an AI, he's not artificial. He's still a real person. And uh, as he clones himself, he finds that, uh, you know, not all things are created equal. Very interesting. Is a book series? What? It's a three-book series. Uh, uh, I believe the second one is called We Are Many. And the, uh, the third one I cannot remember right off the top of my head. It is... Are they all out? They are all out. I know that that is one of one of Matt's pet peeves is do not start a book series that you cannot finish. I will I will, I will say not. I'm still waiting for King Killer Chronicles to end. I started that series and I got so pissed when I found out there was a book in the wind not even out yet. I'm not going to do the Dark Tower series like those poor bastards had to do back in the '60s and wait 40 years for another book to come out. Oh, F that. That is true. That is true. But I, I recommend uh, uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob, and, I, and I'm incorrect. It's actually the the second book is All These Worlds, and uh, or I'm sorry, I do have it right. It is uh, For We Are Many is book two, and All These Worlds is book three. But uh, the first book is quite enjoyable. I haven't finished it yet, but they're they're quick, they're easy reads uh, on Audible. Ray Porter does the narration, and he is great. Never uh, done Ray Porter yet. You can you can <laughs> you can actually look on IMDb. Ray, Ray Porter is a very famous TV actor. He's been in many many TV shows and movies. And when you hear his voice, you will know who he is. Oh, okay. You got to tell the story though about you on the plane with the uh, Dark Tower series, real quick. <laughs> So I'm reading the Dark Tower series on the plane, physically reading the books, and I have the third book in my hand, and then the third book, and I don't want to put any spoilers out there, is at the end they're on a train. It's called Blaine the Train, and Blaine the Train is, is, bad. is a and bad I, character. And that is the truth. <laughs> and that is the truth, and I speak the truth. And, and he is uh, uh, running the main characters uh, on the rails to eminent peril, and uh, the book ends. And uh, while I'm on the plane, I'm reading the book, and, and, and I finish the third book, Wastelands, and I put the book down, and I reach in my bag, and I get the fourth book out, and it's Wizard and Glass, and I can continue the story. And the guy sitting next to him, and he's like, oh, I had to wait nine years <laughs> to do what you just did in three seconds. That's fantastic. I'm never doing that. That's fantastic. I'm never waiting for that. I love that. That's right, Porter. Yeah. That's great. Oh my god! Yeah. And, and that guy and I had a nice conversation, and I didn't read Wizard and Glass at that time, but I, I did eventually finish the, the the book and the series. That I love that. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Wizard and Glass though was probably the longest out of all of them. Wizard and Glass is probably the slowest. The slowest, longest right. is probably the, the dark. Cala. Wasn't Wolves of the Cala pretty thick? <laughs> Song of Susanna, I think, is actually the okay. thickest. Thickest handheld book, right? Right, the thickest handheld book, the most pages. Uh, dark Tower may be a second, the mm. last book. Okay. But uh, but uh, Wizard and Glass is probably the slowest, slowest story right. where they uh, actually flash back. Right, yeah, because you, you end on such a cliffhanger with Wastelands, and then you jump into Wizard and Glass, and you're like... 
Not that it's not an important part of the story. Yeah, it's all the backstory. It's all the backstory. And in fact, it, it, when you get to Wizarding Glass, just jump to the comic series. They blast right through it in like five comics, and you can just move on to the next book. The graphic novel, you mean? That's right. Yeah, the, the graphic, graphic novel. novel. Right, right, right. You get me right back into it. Um, but honestly, I, I gotta tell you, like as a sci-fi fan and growing up with it, and I am older than both of you guys. Uh, I am so looking forward to the Last Jedi. Am I the only one looking forward to it? I think it's going to kick some major ass. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. I, I don't know how Fall feels about this. I don't. We haven't talked about it, but I think honestly, I I love I love Ray. I love Finn. I love Poe. I love the characters they built. But I'm really nervous as to how true to canon they're going to stick, and how much they're going to deviate just for the money. Um, and that, that bothers me because you see it more and more nowadays with these movies. Like I said, Alien Covenant, Dark Tower. You know, I mean, Dark Tower series is and going back to obviously one of the best book series ever written was Stephen King's opus. I mean, it was a 40-year span for this series and they summed it up in one movie. I mean, you can't do that. I don't, I don't, and it has nothing to do with Idris Elba. Phenomenal actor. Love him. Love the characters they picked for the movie. Matthew uh, McConaughey awesome. is a great evil guy. I mean, he plays a great, great villain. But It is basically flag. It is flag. basically flag, it right? It has to be flag. But it's, it's, you can't do that. You can't, you can't put that kind of a... a, a you can't take a brain surgeon's best surgery and put it into a one-hour snippet because it doesn't, it doesn't encompass the true value of what just occurred. And that's what they did with The Dark Tower. And I'm afraid that's what they're going to do with the last two episodes, especially now that Fisher's gone, of Star Wars. I really feel they're going to they're cut it down. They're going to make it into something that is Magoo, and they're going to they're gonna cheat all of us. On that note, uh, with Fisher being gone, uh, what I've read, and I'm sure people listening have already read it, they give her the best... Um, what do you want to say? Send off that could ever be done to a character. I'm very curious. You can't kill her off. You can't. I mean, does she become one with force? I mean, what what, what happens here with this? That they give her a, now. Speaking of which, American Horror Story. That's her daughter. That's right? her daughter, right? Yeah. Uh, that is uh, what's her name? Billy Lord. Yeah, but it's not Fisher. But she looks and sounds like Carrie Fisher. Right. Like when you listen, when you, that's the reason to watch American Horror Story is her Winter, her character. That's about it. Um, but what are they going to do? How are they going to send off Princess Leia and make it respectable? How? I, I, I think I think that she's the media is going to do something to make us believe that they're sending her off appropriately, and it's not. It's never going to do her justice. Yeah. Especially if you've read her book, and especially if you read the stuff she's written, and you understand the character and the and the and the tribulations that this individual had as a human being. Yeah, she. I don't she think own her own likeness. Right. I don't. I don't think they're going to do it justice. Nothing was going to. Nothing will compare to the sass, the the yes. the angst, the inner turmoil that was Carrie Fisher. Even though she never played that in Star Wars. As a human being, and you know this person, you know that's what's going on inside this woman. She was best friends with Jim Belushi. Come on, folks. Come on. <laughs> well, I, there's a lot of fun things about her. Is like she was the uh, eminent script doctor for every '90s movie that you've ever seen. So if there was a movie that was bad and you needed it to be better, you found Carrie Fisher, and she rewrote the script to make it better on the fly. How about that? On that note. I couldn't think of it. Wow, we got this is depressing now. <laughs> what do you What do you think? So uh, I, I I miss her. Force Awakens. 
basically a new hope. Yeah. Rewrite. We know exactly. that. Yeah. We know that. We all know that. Uh, the Last Jedi. If it's not similar it's... to Empire, is it going to be any good? It's it's a middle story at best. I think Empire is one of the best in the series. Yes, it's but my favorite. Yes. If they don't follow that same model, are we going to like it at all? I think I'm going to love this movie. Okay. I, I'm just saying you're going to have to have the, the dark side come back in this movie. After having such, I mean, they they have no way of not following Empire because of the way they led Force Awakens. So you because have that's to. how stories go, right? You, you have, have to right. have to have more of an uh, unless this is just a filler, like you have in TV shows where you just have a filler episode, which I highly doubt they'd waste this much money on a filler episode. <laughs> There's no way. I think honestly, I look forward to Luke being a badass, and that's what we've all been waiting for. I think so he's going to die. I'm going to put my money down. He's going to die. You can't kill Han and Luke. You can, you can, you can. That see, that'd be terrible. Oh, that'd be terrible. The original trilogy going out. Chewie will be the only one. I don't. I, I don't think that you can do it in the in the middle movie, right? We'll you, see. We'll you see. Kill, you kill one in the first movie. You kill one in the last movie. I, uh, I honestly, I. What see, else would the last Jedi mean? <laughs> I see. Well, he he wants it to end, but I see him being a badass and going over the edge, maybe too far to the point where he has to be turned back. Yet a third movie comes along. I think he's going to go on a killing spree, which would be fantastic. No, <laughs> I I'm sorry. It's 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 uh, an interesting thought because he's never been trained properly. I'm just, training early. It's he's been in hideout for so long. Wishful he's a crazy thinking. person. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. Ray Ray is the last Jedi. Yeah. That's yeah. that's I think that's what the whole point is. I got a whole problem with her knowing how to use the force without ever training. But, but we don't know her family yet. No, we don't. Now I have well I don't care who you are, there's Jedi schools and she didn't go to one. I heard the ridiculous rumor, um, which kinda worked. Uh, she's part of the Palpatine family. And I say that tongue in cheek because I don't really believe that. What where could what could what would be a surprise to us? If she was part of the Palpatine family, I'm, I've never even heard that rumor. Oh, I've heard that rumor. Oh, maybe Snoke's her daddy. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Dead. You mean Darth Plagueis? Yeah. Meh. Nobody even knows who that is. Uh, spoilers, not. Speculations, much. Um, great sci-fi bitch fest. Yeah. Um, with Dr. Matt. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Mr. Fa. Keep on reading. Yeah, read. And buy books Fox. By the way, a new book out there, Fiends of the Flesh. <laughs> go to www.fairlydarkproductions.com or go to www.burningbulbpublishing.com. Pick up Fiends of the Flesh and, uh, I don't know, bathe yourself in it. Go to hell. <laughs> no, really. We're ready for you. Ready? <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that. Yeah. <laughs>
there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric acid.